Hi, everybody. I'm Gus Johnson along with the governor. He says he got all his jeans from his mom. From his mom. A lot of nylon. A lot of excitement in the air. Yes. And we're ready for college basketball. College basketball. Oh, oh. All right, Big East Barroom fans, we are lucky enough to be joined by reigning player of the year, leading the Marquette Golden Eagles to the number four ranking in the country, the straw that stirs the drink, Mr. Tyler Cole. Tyler, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. We really appreciate you making time to come on the podcast again. We had you on last year, um, but obviously a lot has changed, and all of a sudden you're a national celebrity, you're one of the biggest celebrities in the Big East, so it means a lot for you to still make time for us. It, it really does. Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, Tyler, you guys come off, you know, the Marquette season last year. I don't want you to say if it was a success or a failure, but going into the offseason, how much motivation did you guys have to avenge that tournament loss? I know you guys hit some of your goals in the Big East regular season, the Big East tournament championship, but how much motivation did you guys have you know, that you, you didn't, you have some unfinished business right now. Yeah. It's just a lot of lessons learned, you know, all the experiences that we went through last year is just experiences that we can put in our pocket and, and take with us for, for the next challenge that, that we face. And, you know, coming into this year, obviously it kind of left that sour taste in everybody's mouth. Cause we knew that, that we could do more than what we did accomplish um, in the postseason, even though that was, uh, two biggest championships but you know the the ultimate goal is is to win in march and, and win win the uh the big trophy so you know just coming in this year just being motivated from from things that happened last year and knowing that you know while we're still motivated and we didn't reach our goals we're we're still gonna have a target on our back this year because of what we did the year before now comparing last year to this year one of the questions i wanted to ask was you know, last year you came into the season as kind of an unknown. You had played the season prior, but you were, you know, taking on a more important role at Marquette. This season you're coming in as the reigning Big East player of the year. So right off the bat, did you notice any differences in the way defenses were treating you, or was it more similar? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, our team last year, people kind of caught on to to who, who was doing what. And uh, I think last year – uh, people people caught on and, and kind of start to defend us a certain way um, and, and give us the respect that, that I think that we we had earned uh, throughout the year. Um, but, you know, this year, obviously, like I said before, you know, coming in, there's, there's going to be a target on your back because, you know, you did win the league and, and you won the tournament. And, you know, we had the coach of the year. We had the, the player of the year. We had the six man. So obviously other people are going to see that and, and want to, you know, prove that, that they should should have done that or they should have gotten certain things so you know every, every each and every game is is you know just that big target and people are going to be coming after you and you know it was something that we really talked about in the offseason um how expectations change um not only not only externally but internally as well because you know going into last season it wasn't like you know all right let's run the table and win the big east it was like let's try and make the tournament again let's you know, we, we, it was a lot of unknowns. We knew internally we, we were really good, but, you know, we, we had to play against some other people to, to really figure that out. 
and coming into this year, it's a complete, you know, 180 top five preseason. Um, you know, everybody talking about winning the Big East again. And so obviously expectations are different um, and, and the pressure is different. You know, it's not just like you're going in playing with nothing to lose. Now you're, you're going in defending something. You guys played a hell of a non-con to start this season. You, you know, playing at Illinois, one of the few Big East true road games. I got to ask you, you, one of my favorite things, you play with a ton of emotion. Is there anything better than shutting up a crowd uh, in a true road game like that, the way that you did? I mean, you 24-4-6 and six in that game against a really high-ranked Illinois team at the time. Yeah, that was one of our, you know, earliest challenges of the year. Um, and I that was actually coming off. I'd sprained my ankle the game before, um, like maybe two or three days right before a really bad roll. Um, so I wasn't even sure if I was going to play that game. There's actually a picture of me standing there, and, like, my whole side of my leg is, like, purple coming up. But um, but no, I mean, we did a great job just weathering the storm. You know, we, we were up early and then they came back, made a little bit of run. And I think that that's something even last night we, we played Butler and, you know, we get up a little bit and then you know, the crowd starts getting into it. When they go on a run, they get a steal. When uh, we're up two, they come down, you know, they turn it right over and we, we kind of calm the crowd right back down. But I think that goes to show, you know, just how connected our team is. No matter what circumstances we come up with on the road, you know, we're, we're going to stick together and weather the storm. So later in that non-con, you guys go out to the Bahamas. No, you don't go to – you go to Maui, excuse me. Uh, you beat UCLA, and then you play the number one team in the country, Kansas. Oso Iguodaro goes for 21 points, nine rebounds, two blocks in that game against Hunter Dickinson, who's – you know, was hyped up preseason to be one of the best big men in the entire country. And, you know, it's been a trend for Oso this year of just stepping up in huge moments. He's he's scoring more points this year. He's rebounded the ball better. Uh, he's His assist numbers are still great. What have you seen as his point guard? What's he doing? What what has he been able to do to elevate his game? Yeah, just taking on those challenges. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a little bit underrated, you know, probably not in the Big East, but but nationally. Um, not Maybe people aren't familiar with really how good he is. Um, and you know, I, I really like, you know, like you said, in that tournament, he went up against Zach Eady, Hunter Dickinson, and another kid, Adembona. Um, all guys that are supposed, you know, whatever best best big guys in the country. And, you know, he dominated. He, if we won that tournament, he he probably would have very well been tournament MVP. Um, and, and just the biggest reason that, that we won it. Um, so, you know, but I, I, you know, the development in his game that I've seen this past three years is, you know, from the, his first year here when, when he was, he's behind, you know, Kirk Queth, who was, was, came from Oklahoma, he's an older guy, and you know, he really got to sit back and learn. And it was kind of two different styles where you could, you could kind of play through Oso, whereas Kerr was more of just a lob threat. Um, so, you know, you saw flashes then, but, you know, last year he really took that next step into, into that leadership role. And, you know, this year he's continuing to do that um, and, and just developing his game. And I'm excited to see where, where it takes him. Tyler, later in the non-con, you guys end up beating Texas. But one of the highlights is, and one of the highlights of your season, I think, is you are a quote machine this year. Um, yeah. In that game, you you said Shaka said, you know, I don't really care about this, and you said that's bullshit. Um, you recently called St. John's man-to-man defense barbecue chicken. Um, yeah. You also commented on how the uh, fans have been giving you the can't read stuff and the where are you on January sixth stuff. When you go into a press conference this year, do you just feel totally comfortable? Are you taking on a villain role? Like, how do you feel, you know, do you think about this stuff beforehand? Is it predetermined? 
No, not nothing's predetermined. I mean, if if that was the case, you know, it wouldn't come off the right way. I just, you know, these people. I feel like people just egg me on now because they know I'm gonna say whatever I want to say. You know, it's not like I'm really really holding myself back. Um, but you know, th they'll ask the question. It's like setting me up. It was, you know, it's kind of like the the FM thing last year. Um, you know, that was kind of what what kicked this whole thing off. And then, you know, coming into media day again, people are like, "Oh, what are you gonna say this time?" It's like. I got nothing to say. I got no pre-plan, no script written. It's just, you know, whatever happens, happens. And I just roll with all that stuff. So, but it's been fun to all, every single crowd last night, they were chanting the ABCs at me saying, I can't read. They always do that. But I, I, I love playing back and forth. You're saying, you're saying going on the road and stuff. I mean, playing on the road is one of my favorite things. Just, just all the other fans yelling at you just after the game, you get to silence them. It's a good feeling. All right, Big East Barroom fans, we are excited to announce that we have joined forces and partnered with Homefield Apparel. One of the great things about Homefield Apparel is they cover all 11 Big East teams. I like it because you get the generic shirts from the team store and all this. No, you're going to Homefield Apparel. You're going to be getting a new shirt. You're going to be wearing something unique. People are going to stop you. They're going to say, where did you get that? You're going to say Homefield Apparel, all right? You're going to say, enter the code BEBR, and you get a discount. How about that? And then you're going to take their phone. We've talked a lot about this on the podcast. You're going to take their phone. You're going to take their credit card out respectfully, and you're going to put in the information, BEBR, get yourself a discount, get yourself a Big East shirt. You're going to the Big East tournament. You want to wear a shirt. You don't want to be the guy who has the Creighton Blue Jay, just like everybody else. Go get yourself a shirt, Homefield Apparel, B-E-B-R. Check us out. All right, so that, that was a non-con. In uh, going into conference play, Marquette hit a couple bumps. You start off two and three. Uh, your first game, you, you get a tough draw to start. You go into the dunk against a fully healthy Providence in what ends up being called the I can't read game. I would like <laughs> to hear, where did this start, these rumors, and what's your take on them? Yeah, uh, so so there was this graphic uh, that Marquette uh, Twitter page posted, and it was the last spring semester. It was everybody who had a three point four GPA or higher, um, and I wasn't on the graphic. And so some Twitter account, <laughs> Dangly Sack, that's his name. He he posted and said, "People forget Tyler Kolick is illiterate." So I was just like, I was, just, I thought that was funny. So I was just, I, it was right when grades had came out too that day, earlier that day. And I finished like a three, nine for the semester. Um, and so I was like, let me just tweet this guy. Let's have some fun. And then, you know, I think if we didn't lose like that, then it wouldn't have been as viral and people wouldn't have taken it and ran with it as much as they did. Um, but no, it's, it's all, it's all fun and games. I mean, you know, it's, any any publicity like that is good publicity. I mean, I don't feel like, you know, everybody knows me now because oh he can't read or this or that. You know, at least they know me, so it's, it's, it doesn't really affect me too much. Tyler, you know, one of the things when I was COVID, we watched the Last Dance. I don't know if you caught all of it, but one of the things Michael Jordan used to invent things about the other team because he wanted to hate them. Seems like the worst thing in the world to do is for a team to give you a chip to put on your shoulder. I mean, the St. John's game, man, you're just absolutely going nuts at different times. Um, are you looking for that chip or does it just find you naturally? Or how does that come about? Because if I was a fan of a Big East team, I would personally not be chanting things at you because I know you're going to give it right back. 
Yeah, definitely gonna give it right back at the uh, at the Butler game. It was actually I, I'm normally the first on the court. Uh, go through like my little workout stuff and 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 the road games, and you know these two fans yelling yelling at me the whole entire time I'm working out, maybe ten fifteen minutes. And I come down first bucket I score left handed layup. They're standing right there. I stare back at, down at them when I'm running down the floor. Um, but now it's just it's fun. I mean. I, what was what was what was the first part of the question? Oh, I now I forget. Oh, about getting a chip on your shoulder for yeah, like yeah. against other teams. Yeah, yeah. So it was actually earlier this year. Just what I want to say. Earlier this year, you know, when we had had went through that little, little two game skid, it was kind of you know I felt like I was really kind of just going through the motions and, and not really like you said, not having that chip on my shoulder, not having that edge to me, and and being that guy that our team needed me to be. Um, you know, after after those two games, we we had some tough conversations, and not only just with the coaches, but with the players as well. Um, and, and just looked each other in the face, and and really decided what what we needed and what we wanted from each other. Um, and and one thing that I really reflected on was I I was just kind of kind of coasting in in those two games that we had lost. Um, Seton Hall and and Butler. I was just kind of out there. It wasn't like I was really giving emotion to the game or giving my guys energy or doing certain things that that I really should have been doing. So ever since then, you know, I, I've really taken on that challenge. And you know, I'm in the layup lines. I'm like, these guys don't think I'm good enough. I I gotta kill these guys today. It's just like trying to motivate myself, get myself going before the game starts, because then it just just adds the extra layer of being who I need to be. During that two-game skid is also when Chase Ross and Sean Jones go down with injury in back-to-back games. Now, of course, you get Chase back later. Sean Jones, unfortunately, appears to be out for the season. Can you just give us some insights on how much those guys mean to the team and you know what those conversations were like knowing you weren't going to get them back for a while? Yeah, not just those. Stevie Mitchell was out for a couple games, too. Um, he's obviously a, a humongous part of what we do. Uh, with his energy and everything but you know Chase Ross just adds another aspect of, of athleticism to our team you know me Cam Jones David Job you know we're not the most physically imposing guys um, you know Coach Smart likes to say Chase Ross is a dude and that's you know he is he's, he's walking down the hall he just looks different you know he, he's he got a different aura about him uh, so you know it, it's great having him and you know Sean when he's out there he's, he's a lightning ball gets in the paint whenever he wants um you know I, I was really sad to to see that happen to him but you know injuries happen and i think he's definitely going to come out stronger because of it Tyler since that two game skid and since it sounds like you kind of had those conversations you're averaging 21 points a game nine assists four rebounds and you guys haven't lost i mean does this team feel a lot like it did last year you're clicking at the right time yeah, you know our goal this year is is to uh, we always talk about it, grow our grow our habits every single day um, and be playing our best basketball uh, come tournament time and you know that's that's coming up quick. This season's really really flown by for me. I mean it's already last maybe six seven games uh, of the year uh, coming up on the Big East tournament and the NCAA tournament. But you know, just just continuing this, you know, continuing to to stay where we need to be, and continuing to, you know, just just double down on our habits and and every every day, everything that we do in practice or in the film room and everything, just really trying to lock in on those little small details to get us to that next level. Tyler, I know people have asked you this before, but I just need to bring up these stats. You're shooting forty one percent from three. I mean, you're a primary ball handler who's also one of the best shooters in the conference. You're actually up a percent compared to last year while attempting one more sh- three-point shot per game. 
have you ever shot the ball this well in your life? I mean, what can you attribute that to? It's it's really fun to watch right now. Yeah, you just attribute it to the work. You know, I, everything that you give into the game, the game gives back to you. And, and I've given 110 percent into into this. And, you know, it's this game has given me everything that I've ever wanted, everything that I could ever have dreamed of. Um, but, you know, just just my teammates trusting me and, and my coaches putting me in the right spots and, and you know, just I work on those shots every day and it's not not like it's anything new. And, you know, earlier earlier in my career, you know, in high school and everything like that, it, I was known as a shooter. It was, you know, my best thing was was shooting the ball. I wasn't really, you know, a pass first guy or, you know, I was a primary ball and I was more so off the ball, you know, combo. Um, but, you know, coming into college, you kind of got to adapt and adjust to to whatever whatever role is needed and, and you know anything to get on the floor is is what I like to say and you know that that first year coming to Marquette it was you know my role was all right here's the ball go make some plays it wasn't let's stand in a corner or come off screens and make shots so you know just trying to adapt to that uh, was a bit of an adjustment and then you know just last year being able to grow grow in that and grow within that role um, and then you know this year just fully feeling like I fully have the grasp of, of the team and, and, you know, the, the connection with my coaches and the connection with my teammates is it's really helped me take my game to to where I needed to be. Now I got to ask a follow-up on that because you mentioned that you weren't a natural point guard in high school or, or prior to that. Um, I watch a lot of your tape. I don't see anybody else in the country who reads the defense as well, as quickly and as accurately as you do as consistently if you didn't grow up a point guard, I mean, can you explain how you see defenses and do you have any insights in how you're able to do it at such a high level so consistently with only a few years as a, a point guard? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that, you know, I was never a point guard. Um, you know, it kind of switches back and forth. You know, you go from AAU to where you're doing one thing to your high school team where you're doing another thing to your, to your you know, CYO team, you're doing another thing. So it's like, you know, you're, you're playing different roles in, in different settings. Um, and, you know, so, you know, my high school team, the first couple of years, I, I had my brother. He was really the scorer, best player of the team my first two years. And then, you know, I was a point guard, but he would also, I've always had guys that, you know, I was the point guard, but then, you know, other people would also handle the ball. So I'd play off the ball a lot. Um, so it was, it was kind of a mixture of both. And, you know, it's just, it's all about, you know, IQ and feel the game at the end of the day, you know, the pace that you play with. Just, you know, not not dribbling with your head down, keeping your head up, knowing where your guys are going to be is also a big thing. You know, I feel like our team has, has such a good connection. You know, Stevie Mitchell is, is in the right spot on the cuts every time or in the corner making threes, David Joplin making threes, Cam Jones. All those guys, you know, obviously me and Oso's two-man game is, is special to watch. But, you know, all those guys, we played together for three years now. And, and the continuity between us, we know exactly where we want the ball, where each other are good at and so that that's definitely a big deal, and you don't really see that much in college anymore. That's why it's the first couple of months of the season is always tough because all these guys haven't really played together. I mean, obviously you had the summer and and the fall to, but you know it's not really the same until you get out there against these other people in these wars. You know, and and our guys, we we've been through a lot of them together. I think when you're referencing Stevie Mitchell being the right right place on a cut, you might be referencing your three man wraparound pass against St. John's the other day. And that one actually would have looked better if it was going to the right person. You know, I uh, I wrapped it around. You can see in the back of the video, Chase was right there. If he were to bang that 
three, and they probably would have said that was a better pass than what it was. But, yeah, I, Stevie was cutting kind of – I was dribbling. He kind of cut right behind me, so I didn't even really see him. He was just following the play, and, you know, it, it ended up in his hands, and it was a good highlight. So thanks for thanks for that. Yeah, one of the best passes I've seen. Uh, this year, Ryan and I actually got out to Milwaukee. We went to your game against Notre Dame. One of the things is that place is – I almost said cult-like, like you guys talk in words I don't really understand, energy, bringing, you know, behavior, deflections, things like that. And it seems like the culture there, you guys have an ex-Marquette player every single night. You might as well give a whole section to the ex-Marquette players. Can you just talk about what this city of Milwaukee means to you, like how they've adopted you and how you've adopted them right back? Yeah, people don't really understand the camaraderie of the community that, that Marquette has. It's it's really like you said. It's cult like. I mean, it's from from you know all the all the season ticket holders, all the people sitting courtside. You know all of them. You know their their families. You know to to all the former players. You know Jay Crowder was there sitting courtside last game. Steve Novak, Travis Diener, Joe Chapman, all those guys coming back. You know Bo Ellis coming to every game. So you know the the Marquette family is is special, and you know the the support that we get. You know we've set. I think it was three times this year we've set the the single game attendance record at Pfizer Forum. And it was three separate times. It, it's not just our games, it's the Bucks games included. So that includes the NBA finals that one year. So the most people that ever watch a game that we've done it three times this past year. It was I think it was Creighton earlier this year. And the latest one was National Marquette Day against uh, St. John's the other day. But so our, our fans and, and our students and all the people that support us in Milwaukee is great. And, you know, you, it gives you small town feel in in, in that city atmosphere because you know you're walking around downtown and, and people are recognizing you. They're asking for pictures. They're supporting the team. So you know, it's really been special being in Milwaukee. Um, Tyler, my brother referenced this earlier how you've uh, really picked up, and it had me look, look up a stat because I, I was wondering if this was true for last year also. So over last year, your first 18 games, you averaged nine points a game. And then over your final 18 games, you averaged 16.9 points per game. This season, we're seeing the same thing. What is it about you that you just elevate as the season goes on and, you know, as the moments become bigger? Why do you think you succeed in those situations? Yeah, I'm just ramping it up when it matters, you know. <laughs> nah, it's just, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it. Team, teams figure out, you know, a, a, a certain way they want to guard you or, you know, maybe early on in the year we're trying to play a certain way uh, ourselves. And, you know, as as the season wears on, you're, you're getting into a better better rhythm, a better flow. You know, it's it's more so like, you know, two game you play two games and you, or you, get, you play a game and you got an off day, then, you know, two practices in a game. So it's more routine like, you know, you, you're you're in conference play and, you know, it's, it's more familiar. The, the places you go are more familiar. Um, but no, it's just, it's no certain thing. I mean, it's just, it's just honestly, it's how it happens. It's just what, what my team needs. And, you know, early on, I feel like I was more so kind of just feeling out the games and, and just trying to pick my spots. But, you know, lately, you know, my, my team needs me to be aggressive. So, so that's what I'm going to be in that. That's what I have been. And as you ramp it up towards the end of the season, you guys have a stretch. You play number one Connecticut on Saturday. I'm sure that you don't need to get the juices flown, but how excited are you guys for a shot at the number one team in the country? 
yeah, we had it earlier this year and, uh, you know, it slipped through our fingers when we played Purdue. But, you know, it's just, just another Big East game. I mean, obviously, a lot of a lot of people are going to be talking about it externally. Um, but, you know, internally, it's it's still those same habits that we've been building this whole whole season to lead up to this point. And, uh, you know, I just I think it's going to be a great game. You know, what I mean, I, I love the guys that they have on that team. They got a really good team. But, uh, you know, I also love our guys, too. You beat them two out of three times last year. It's your first time seeing them since they won a national championship. Doesn't you know? Is there a little bit of like we could have been there? You know? No, I mean you know we're, we're happy they won. Well, I mean I wouldn't wouldn't say happy obviously, but you know it's good for the league. Just give us some recognition. You know, um, good for us because like you said, we did beat them two out of three times last year, and and we know what we're capable of if we're at our best. Um, in any given game. So, you know, it's not so much as, as, you know, we could have been there. It's, we, we don't really like to focus on other people. We, we like to focus on our team and, you know, it's, we couldn't have been there because the NCAA tournament, we weren't at our best and we didn't do what we had to do to perform, to get there. And, and they did. So, so credit to them. So it's not really like any animosity or anything like that. You know, it's just, you know, kudos to them. We're going to worry about us. And, and I'm sure they're worrying about them. You know, I, I, I give them credit last year. You know, they they lost, I think, five games in a row in the middle of the Big East season. And they, they could have splintered. But it goes to show, you know, that their character and their culture as well that they built over there. Tyler, what's a successful season look like for Marquette? Are you still Big East regular season, Big East tournament, and then, you know, making a run? What is What would you constitute as a successful season? I would say, you know, a successful season would be after the year is all done, me being able to lay my head down and, and being happy with what I did and, w- and what my team accomplished. You know, it's not it's not like we're sitting, you know, obviously we have everybody wants to win you know, the whole thing. And, you know, it's everybody's goal. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we just want to give everything that we have to this and, and see where it takes us. Um, cause at, at the end of the day, that's all you can do. You can't, you know, you can't want something so bad cause then you get so tight and it, it, it can slip through your grasp. You know, you want, you want to be loose. You want to be in the moment. You want to just kind of, kind of enjoy everything that's going on and, and not take anything for granted. So that's what we're doing right now. Can we get one key to success for the Marquette Golden Eagles? If they're going to go as far as they possibly can, what's one thing they have to do? <laughs> yeah. One thing, I mean, I could give you a whole laundry list of things that we got to do, but no, I just say, you know, the, the connection with our guys and, and, you know, the, the biggest thing with us is, is belief, you know, believing that, that we can go win, win six games in, in two weeks in the tournament and believing that, you know, we can win three games in three days in, in New York. Um, so it's, it's all about belief because, you know, sometimes some other uh, inhibitors creep up and, you know, outside noise and, and just internal thoughts that it definitely can get the best to you. But you know, as long as we stay connected as a team and we have belief not only in ourselves, but in each other, then, then we'll go a long way. Tyler, we can't say thank you enough. We were talking about this before. I'll reference it again. You were our first guest ever on this podcast before we even got, I think a thousand followers. And now, you know, and we're going to take all the credit because you weren't Big East Player of the Year yet until you came on the podcast. So we're going to take that credit. But we can't thank you enough for doing this and, you know, remembering us and being so great to us. So thank you again, Tyler. Yeah, no problem. We'll see if this is the lucky charm for two time after I come back on. I mean, you jumped on right before the Big East tournament and then won the Big East tournament. I'm just going to say that.
<laughs> for sure, for sure. But yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's great catching up.